Welcome to Wellness Now, a health and wellness information program brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. Each week we go in depth with different healthcare experts on some of your top health questions, getting answers to help you live your best life. Hello and welcome to Wellness Now, presented by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. I'm your host, Dr. Michael White. Menopause is a normal part of every woman's life, but for many women, it's not an easy transition. So today, as part of our July series on women and children's health, we're answering your top questions about menopause and how to navigate this season of life. Joining us to discuss this is Dr. Kathleen Norman, a District Medical Group Obstetrics and Gynecology Physician at Valleywise Health. Dr. Norman, thank you very much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. One of the easy questions, uh, easier questions to start with is, what is the definition of menopause? Well, the formal definition is the lack of menses or no menstrual period for 12 months. But, you know, our bodies don't always read the book. So sometimes it veers a little bit. You might not have a period for 10 months and then all of a sudden, whoops, you have a period. So it's, a you know, a long progression of a life event that, you know, our, as our ovaries are just becoming less and less active and producing less and less hormones. So when can women expect this to occur in their lives? About what age do we typically see the onset of menopause? Yeah, so typically around age 50 to 52, so is the normal time frame. But it really can happen, you know, start happening after age 35. We call that premature. If it happens before age 40, we call it a premature ovarian failure. But more typically the, you know, normal age is around age 50. 50, okay. 52. What changes can women expect as menopause approaches? What are some of the symptoms, except the lack of a menstrual period, what are some other symptoms that women may experience as they enter into, into menopause? Okay, really good question. There are a lot of, you know, symptoms that are very, maybe very subtle, and then some that get to be a little bit more obvious. But some of the subtle things, you know, besides just having the irregular periods, people can experience, you know, fatigue or maybe a little depression, change in moods, lack of sleep, um, quality of sleep, you know, decreased um, sexual functioning, just dryness, you know, in all parts of our body. So our skin changes, our bone changes, our vaginal health changes, our bladder health changes. So these things can happen slowly, slowly, slowly over the course, you know, like 10 to 15 years prior to the actual menopause. And some people might notice those things and some people don't notice them at all, you know, so everyone is so different. It's just a remarkable feat of how well and how the body can make such adaptations to, you know, the changing in those hormone levels where it may not be such, a, you know, like you said, more of an insidious or lengthy onset to see some of these symptoms, you know, yes, as, yeah. as people come forward. And some people are, you know, very, go through it much more rapidly, which is, of course, so much more extreme and much more life-changing than if, say, if you go through it so much more slowly and gradually, you know. So it is such a unique process in, you know, every, every woman's life. One of the common things that we often hear about or are portrayed often in media is around hot flashes, that women that are going through menopause have hot flashes. What are these, and is that truly a phenomenon that a woman may experience as they're going through menopause? 
So, so interesting because there's still so much research being done about hot flashes and exactly what causes, you know, hot flashes. So we know it's a neurological process that causes a thermal deregulation, you know, basically meaning our body is becoming hot when we're really not hot at all. So kind of losing our regulation over our um, temperature. And, you know, it's coupled with this loss of hormones. So there's an actual like endocrine, you know, what we call hormones, the endocrine um, system um, involved with the neurological system. And the neurological pathway for that has been recently kind of actually found out. And there is a new medication that is going to come out just to treat hot flashes. Of course, that's going to be down the road. It's kind of a really fascinating in the field of menopause for those of us who get interested in menopause. <laughs> so, so when a woman experiences this, how long do these hot flashes last? They can last, you know, for a woman's lifetime, unfortunately. So sometimes kind of the typical um, number of years is about seven years. But some women who especially go through it at an early age or an acute menopause such as a surgical menopause where people you know have to have their ovaries removed you know they can experience very severe symptoms for a long time you know you talked about new treatment being offered here very shortly with the new pathways being discovered and better understood what are some of the more conventional treatment options that we had prior to this new medication that's being released that's coming on the market so obviously number one has been hormone therapy for women and that went through for those of us who are old enough to remember went through a huge you know change back in the early 2000s with something called the women's health initiative which was a large study that looked at women and their relationship and did hormones really help women prevent cardiovascular disease. Some of the, the results in, of this study came out in a negative fashion showing that there was some risks of breast cancer that increased patients' risk of breast cancer and stroke. And so the study was stopped and really a lot of women went off of hormone therapy. Prior to that, in 2002, it was very popular. You know, I'd say 70% of menopausal women were on hormone therapy. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about how to navigate menopause. ValleyWise Health offers exceptional health care at over a dozen locations across Maricopa County. If you need medical care or have questions for one of our doctors, visit valleywisehealth.org to get started. So you talked a little bit about some of the studies that have been done uh, between menopause and the changes that a woman undergoes as they're going through this. What is the link between menopause and osteoporosis? Really, we go through an acute, more acute bone loss period during the menopausal transition. So um, it really happens during those like, like five to 10 years of, you know, the a more acute phase of menopause where we really lose a lot of our bone mass and then tends to stabilize. So, you know, it's a really important time, yeah, for women to, you know, exercise, to get their calcium and vitamin D supplementation, to get screening for osteoporosis and to see, you know, at what kind of risk they're at. And I'm sure you're going to talk about cardiovascular disease too. Yeah, I'm biased, uh, <laughs> as many folks will know, you know, around this. So one of those big changes that we see, you know, myself as a cardiologist is postmenopausal women and their increased risk of heart disease, you know, uh, or we see more heart disease 
or recognize more heart disease. I think it would probably be a better way to say that. What has been your experience in postmenopausal women and their experience with cardiovascular disease? Yeah, so I think, you know, like we teach the residents and teach all, try to, you know, inform our patients about. There's been so many studies, you know, that have really looked at women and notably, you know, back in the 1950s, starting with the Framingham study, which actually took a small town in, in Massachusetts and looked at a cohort of women and just noticed that after they went through menopause that they started having all these cardiovascular events. And it started this whole chain of studies, you know, very famous studies looking at women and the relationship between cardiovascular disease and um, menopause and what happens, what is happening during this transition. Why are women all of a sudden, you know, experiencing an increased incidence of cardiovascular disease? And what's been, you know, noted is that, you know, some of the protective effects of estrogen are lost, you know, so that our vessels become more susceptible to some of the harms that men experience and that in an increased rate. So we develop plaque at a quicker rate or, or we just don't have the protection that estrogen has afforded us. So many of the studies since that time, you know, we're really looking at the latest things coming out, the timing philosophy, you know, what can we do then to prevent those changes from happening? How can we help women have lead healthier cardiovascular lives? And in the elite trial, you know, is the, one of the big ones that have come out looking and really confirming the, the hypothesis that being adding hormones early on in menopause is really helpful. And then adding hormones in a certain way, like healthy hormones. So there's a really whole new picture coming out about how to do hormone therapy and how it can be beneficial for cardiovascular prevention of cardiovascular disease for women. So it's been really exciting. It is an exciting time, an exciting field. One of the questions I should have asked earlier is, we've mentioned hormone therapy a couple of times here through our conversation. What is hormone therapy? And when we say that, what are we talking about? So that's changed dramatically over the years as well. So, you know, we started off dealing with hormone therapy, that hormones that came from horses and what we call synthetic hormone therapy. And now has been, you know, totally progressing into changes in how we deliver hormones. So we want hormones are basically, you know, we're trying to take the same chemical copies of our own, you know, these um, molecules that our, bo our body produces to make things and, you know, to basically direct our bodies and our um, hormone system and trying to deliver those in a healthy way. And so what's happened is, you know, we're, we're really coming out with new ways of using hormones and, and delivering hormones in healthier ways that can help deliver a more natural way using patches um, patch therapy that avoids like taking pills by mouth i mean we all like to take a pill but it's all very it's a really easy way to do things but it might not be the healthiest way for us so using um, estrogen patches helps prevent some of the blood clots associated with hormone therapy using progesterone that's a more natural form of progesterone rather than progestins also can be helpful um, in preventing some of the complications with hormone therapies. So 
a lot of conversations to have with, you know, your healthcare provider as you're making these choices. Because again, as you've just alluded to, these aren't benign medications that may be prescribed to help, you know, a woman through these transition. They have some risks, blood clots being one of those. And it's good to understand that, you know, maybe the way that we're delivering this will have some impact on the ability to use these and use these more effectively. You know, we've talked a little bit about heart disease. We've talked about osteoporosis. What are some of the skin changes that a woman may experience as they're going through menopause? Estrogen plays a big role in collagen production and everywhere in our our bodies. And not only our joints and bones, our skin, our vaginal bladder health. And so as we go through menopause, yeah, we get thinner skin, thinner tissue that's more sensitive, and it's just not as quite as healthy. It's just amazing. You know, all of these things go along with some of this as we're just aging as well. You know, this compounds some of those other aging effects. Dr. Kathleen Norman is answering your top questions about menopause. You can make a virtual or in-person appointment with a district medical provider at ValleyWise Health by calling 833-855-9973 Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. or by visiting valleywisehealth.org and clicking the book appointment button. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about a surgical cause of menopause. You said that, you know, we may have that. Will a hysterectomy put a woman into menopause? So hysterectomies, if it's a, even if we're leaving the ovaries behind and just removing the uterus and cervix, so that does put uh, patients at increased risk for going through an earlier menopause. So even though you have your ovaries, those ovaries can be functioning fairly well after hysterectomy, but they might not function as well as they normally would have because a lot of their blood supply has been removed after you do surgery. So yeah, it's something to be aware of. So after you've had surgery, make sure you tell your doctor that you know that you what kind of surgery you've had if you've had your ovaries removed and um, so that they can monitor your hormone levels and help you if you're having symptoms. You know, as women are progressing through the change and through the period of menopause, what are some of the things that they should be doing in order to stay healthy? You know, around that, are there some things that people can do to help decrease the risks and minimize some of these adverse things that we've been talking about? Right. So number one, of course, is just leading a healthy lifestyle with eating well and and exercising and and that becomes it's important you know in every phase of our life but becomes so important in menopause and as we age because our metabolism tends to slow and we tend to gain you know weight more quickly and we so we really have to step up our efforts to really watch what we're eating and um, exercise you know and, and as long as we can do those things and and in moderation, you know, eat in moderation. You don't have to get crazy with your diet, but just be careful. And um, so we do do a lot of counseling with patients about that as well, because obviously it's a big issue with our patients. You know, one of the common questions that we sometimes will get is, you know, after menopause, do women need to be concerned with any forms longer of birth control? Typically, no. You know, I mean, there are unintended pregnancies around the time prior to menopause, so we want people to be really careful, and we counsel patients um, during that time frame, and so we don't want to have, you know, an unintended pregnancy because those can be very obviously high risk. But typically after age 50, it's very difficult. To, it's impossible to become pregnant without artificial, you know, means or someone helping you. Yeah, but we do 
um, really spends time talking about, you know, pregnancy prevention just to, to make sure patients don't, don't go through a high risk. Do women that are postmenopausal still need to have their annual well woman examinations? I think it's really important to talk about these issues and talk about all the menopausal issues because it changes. You know, every year it's changing and every individual is unique. So although some women might go through menopause and not have any initial problems, there's others that five years down the road, they start having a lot of issues and quality of life issues that are so important and we don't think about until they start gradually happening to us. Like, you know, not being able to sleep and not being able to have sexual relations with your spouse, having bladder issues. It's those, these little things that we don't really realize and these subtle changes that start happening that can really affect your quality of life and are so, so important. So I really encourage women to come in and discuss some of these issues every year. You know, that begins the question, you know, with all of these potential issues and, and experiences that a woman may have as they're going through menopause, are there specific clinicians that specialize in menopause and helping women deal with this? So there are, there are people like myself who are members of an organization called the North American Menopause Society, and we become certified menopause practitioners. And um, you can go on the website of the North American Menopause Society and love to see you down at our clinic. And I'm teaching all the residents about menopause and so that they can be, you know, good menopause practitioners. But yeah, the North American Menopause Society is a fantastic organization, have a great website, um, get tons of information to patients and that everybody can use as a, as a resource. So yeah, we'd love to see you down at Valleywise. So <laughs> many patients with menopause issues or hormone issues. What do you do special that you may not be able to do as a normal obstetrician gynecologist, you know, as part of this? One of our missions here within Valleywise Health and District Medical Group is the education of the next generation of healthcare providers and what we do, as you've alluded to, educating the residents. It's very important is, you know, we're teaching the next generation of physicians the importance of this topic of learning this medicine. You as a menopause practitioner, what are some of the things a patient may experience differently in your clinic than just say the normal routine OBGYN clinic? Um, so we really, you know, I uh, do a lot of um, hormone testing. So we look at hormone levels. We'll go over those in detail with patients. And then it's, there's a lot of counseling involved with hormone therapy. So there are so many different facets of it. And like you alluded to previously, you know, there are uh, lots of risks involved with taking hormone therapy. And we can, you know, decrease a lot of those risks. And by, you know, doing, like we talked about, some using different kinds of hormones, the way we deliver hormones, use the doses we, we deliver. So hormones, the bottom line of hormones can be very safely used the first 10 years of menopause. So the studies are um, been very, really elucidate, really clear about that, you know, that really healthier taking hormones early on in menopause and live longer lives if you, if you do that. And we kind of manage, I'll help you manage all those risks and manage the hormones and be happier and healthier. It's which is, which healthier is, life. Which is wonderful. 
If you're just tuning in, we're talking about how to navigate menopause. You know, one of the things that we often hear is an increased risk of cancer post-menopause. Is this a risk that we should be, be more aggressively in monitoring for or something that we should be, be cognizant of as, you know, a woman goes through menopause? I think, you know, we're, everyone's concerned about, especially in our field in breast cancer, typically, you know, and uh, increased risk that we saw with the Women's Health Initiative study with breast cancer and using a certain type of hormone therapy. We really go over those uh, those studies very carefully with patients and, and talk about their menopause isn't specifically associated, as long as you're not on hormone therapy, with any increased risk of cancers. Um, but of course, it's a time in our lives when we all, you know, as we age, we all start experiencing, you know, an increased risk of, of cancer. So that's why we love patients come in annually to get their cancer screening and whether then it includes, you know, cervical cancer and uterine cancer. Um, we also obviously doing screening for ovarian cancer, breast cancer, do a complete physical on patients. As women have completed menopause, at what point do you have conversations about stopping the hormone therapy? You know, we've alluded again as part of our conversation that it's, you know, probably safe and and effective early in the menopausal symptoms. At what point do you transition a woman away from taking those hormone replacements therapy as the treatment course has, you know, probably had its maximum benefit? Um, So that's really been a very pertinent question like these the past few years. So um, the American College of OBGYN, which is my uh, organization, um, and the um, North American Menopause Society has studied the data and really recommended that there is no one specific time that you have to stop hormone therapy. So it always used to be, hey, at age 65, everybody had to be off of hormone therapy. Basically, that was it. You were done. You were, you know, just needed to live with your hot flashes if you were having them and and live with your vaginal dryness and lack of libido but the thinking has changed and and really it's about managing those um, your hormones and in each phase of the menopause so you know early phase of menopause you might need on different hormones and different levels of hormones but as you age you know you might need less but as long as you are still having symptoms you are still a candidate for hormone therapy it might change up and obviously your medical history has to always be um, taken into consideration and, and, you know, try to obviously keep your blood pressure, your weight, your cholesterol, your lipid panels under control, and, and we can help you manage all of that along with, obviously, Dr. White, all of your, our colleagues here at ValleyWise. So I think it's always important, you know, as we think about this and we think about this course of therapy, just the importance of the relationship and the, and the constant surveillance and the constant checking in with your healthcare provider to really have these conversations and understand where people are on this to be able to best tailor the treatment plan. And it's wonderful to hear that we don't have hard and fast rules that we may have used in the past, that we've become more sophisticated in the way that we treat these things. And we we treat, um, you know, each person as, as an individual to make sure that we're, they're getting the maximum benefit for the quality of life that they want to have.
Right. That's a really important thing, quality of life. As we're wrapping up our time here today, what are three things that you would like to leave the audience with that women can do that may be experiencing these menopausal type symptoms to stay healthy and be able to, again, live that high quality life? Well, I really encourage people to come in and just talk. Let's just get your lab work. Let's talk about it because it's so fascinating when people get their lab work and they can see what's going on in their body. It's just like a light bulb goes off and you sit and you go through and explain things, you know, that this is what's happening. This is what this hormone is, this hormone, and that's why you might be feeling this way and this way. And it is like just a wonderful experience to help, you know, um, women go through this and help them understand what's going on. Because otherwise you are so left in the dark and you're so confused. And that in in and of itself just generates a lot of anxiety and depression and a lot of problems in your life that you really don't need to you Mm -hmm. know, be going through. So just getting the information, learning about it, letting us, you know, help you go through this transition, very important transition in life. And we can help you manage, you know, the transition and feel better and be healthier and really have a wonderful menopause. You know, it's just really doesn't have to be miserable. It can be a really great time in life. So we're here to to help with that. Dr. Norman, thank you so much for your time today. You are welcome. Thank you for having me. If you missed any part of the show or want to hear something again, you can access all of our blogs and podcasts at valleywisehealth.org slash be well. Thank you again and have a wonderful week. We hope you enjoyed listening to Wellness Now, brought to you by Valleywise Health and District Medical Group. If you're looking for more information about what you heard today, visit us online at valleywisehealth.org slash be well. There you'll find blogs, podcasts, and information about the healthcare providers you heard on the show. You can even book an appointment at a Valleywise Community Health Center near you. That's valleywisehealth.org slash be well. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.